I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed... It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. You can tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us or you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, which is 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, Telegram, Rumble, Truth. Uh, there's a few more out there. Also, Instagram, we are at CGW underscore backup because our main page got Zuckerberg. And I don't see it ever coming back. We may create another backup, but hopefully uh, someday they'll come to their senses and realize they deplatformed us for not violating their terms of use agreement. So anyway, um, I digress. And I just said it anyway. <laughs> I have, uh, I'm giving listeners PTSD by the amount of times I say anyway. Uh, so there you have that. Um, I'll try to do my best, but I've also been known to fall into the into the habit of saying, you know, so I'm going to try not to say, you know, anyway. All right. <laughs> we got that out of the way. Um, so if you want to be a part of the show, make sure you jump on when we record live. Uh, you can interact with us on the chat or you can call the rapid fire line 508-444-2120, 508-444-2120 if you want to call, text or leave a message. Um, great show for you guys planned today. Uh, if I do say so myself, we have some great guests um, and also we have a bunch of kind of new news in gun world out there. If you've been following along and uh, paying attention at all. Um, you'll see that there was some movement, if you will, in uh, California in the past couple of weeks on, uh, or in Texas as well, I should say. Uh, plus, New York has doubled down and is really going out on the limb and they're handing the uh, gun-owning public the saw and saying, really, they're going all out. Uh, Nassau County... Uh, has come out with an eight-step process for submitting applications for their license to carry, which is uh, basically invalid in most of the state now that they've come out with their uh, yeah, Gun Licensing Improvement Act, which is a joke. I think that's almost a parody of itself, the name, uh, where they are literally restricting gun ownership in your own building if you fall into these areas of these quote-unquote sensitive areas. And this was a big, you know, uh, middle finger, if you will, to the, to the Supreme Court 
when they said you cannot declare entire areas a sensitive area. You can say like a church is or a school is or something like that, but you can't say all of Manhattan is. Well, then they took it another step further and made it like the entire state, (laughs) basically banning guns in tons of public places. And that's exactly what they said you couldn't do in the Bruin decision. But anyway, they, uh, they basically, if you look at the eight step process that they have it's unbelievable but the icing on the cake is the final one they give you like where to find all the requirements for the training and uh, you got to give like um, references and all this stuff and then uh, you got to list all of the occupants of your home in the past three or four years but the last one is unbelievable you have to submit to a 12 a panel of 12 people um, who do urine tests. So you got to pee in a cup and you got to send it to a government approved testing laboratory with a panel of 12 people. I don't even know if such a thing exists. And they uh, basically uh, say, you know, unless you pee in a cup, you can't exercise your uh, second amendment rights here in New York or Nassau County, New York, which is unbelievable because you you don't even need um, you you can't physically require someone to pee in a cup and submit to a urine test in order to receive welfare benefits, but for someone to receive you know exercise their Second Amendment rights, they're requiring that you pee in a cup and submit to a special panel of twelve people. Uh, you know, this panel of experts and maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't, but this is proof that the gun grabbers are going to do whatever it takes. They're not going to take the Bruin decision sitting down. They're petulant children that are saying, we will not give up. You might've told us no, but we are going to find a way to say yes. And uh, to banning guns, you might've said, we can't use a two-step process, but we're going to jam this up in court for so long Uh, And I alluded to this and spoke about it on the last show, but until people are held personally responsible for violating people's constitutional rights and civil rights, and they are held liable, jointly and severably liable, so they're not being sued in their official capacity, but they're being sued on their personal capacity because they are injecting their personal beliefs into the law of the land. So there's law and precedent that says you cannot deprive anyone of their constitutional rights knowingly uh, or willingly. And if you do, you can be held personally responsible. But there's every, just about every district attorney and U.S. attorney and um, attorneys general or governor are always behind this wall of protection Um, of immunity or, you know, some sort of uh, immunity, blanket immunity over them professionally. So they're always playing with house money. They're always using taxpayer money to defend themselves. They're always using uh, taxpayer money in order to uh, further their agenda and to further restrict your rights. They are never held personally and severably liable or they're never held liable on a personal basis whenever they violate people's rights 
willingly. Um, and I wish the uh, UCLA, US, um, what is it, the, uh, um, the civil rights groups out there, uh, what is it? It's not UCLA, it's the uh, ACLU, excuse me, that's what I'm thinking of. The ACLU, which has, you know, brought civil rights cases to the Supreme Court and won, uh, this would be a perfect opportunity for them, but I don't think it fits their agenda. They don't like firearms or it doesn't fit their uh, their their agenda. But you'd think with Clarence Thomas say, coming out and saying that the Second Amendment is not a second class right, it would, you know, maybe at some point keeping all those high flutin', high powered pay, uh, attorneys on payroll could get very expensive. And uh, you'd think they'd want to, bring in some money into the coffers by jumping on a, uh, a firearms case. And I think that it would be a perfect opportunity for some group to come after people and use precedent and Supreme Court rulings uh, of people who willingly and knowingly violate your constitutional rights, that they could be held jointly and severably liable in their professional capacity as well as their personal capacity uh, for violating your rights. So I think that'll turn the tide until people get hit in the wallet. Um, yeah, they're not going to be able to, uh, they're not going to be, they're going to always play with house money. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to Rapid Fire. And if you use this week's code RELOAD at CapeGunWorks.com, you will get a special discount off your entire online order just for our podcast and radio listeners. Go to CapeGunWorks.com and use the code RELOAD to get your special discount today. And we have Spaceman Bill Lee next. You don't want to miss this interesting interview. We will be right back. involved in something like this the stress level it can tear up a family he said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened 50 year old ford employee billy cohort was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the united auto workers 551 parking lot in june 2016 to have everything he worked for taken away. Cohort was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he'd worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm really happy to have on the line with us today a Boston Red Sox pitching icon, Bill Spaceman Lee. How are you, Bill? I'm good, and I'm good on self-defense. I'm an Aikido master, and I never throw the first punch. 
<laughs> well, sometimes, uh, I guess in your career, you didn't throw the first pitch either, right? You made a career of relief pitching, was it not? Yeah, I started out in the bullpen. Uh, college, you know, I led them to the national championship. I was 38 and 8. Couldn't get a job with the Red Sox. They put me in the bullpen for almost five years before they realized I could pitch. And then when I did come out, we lost the pennant by a half a game in 72. We lost the World Series in 75 by one game. And, you know, and then I got traded to Montreal. And, uh, you know, and then I was no longer in, in the United States. I was up in Canada and uh, kept marrying Canadian girls and stayed up north. <laughs> nice and now you're up in vermont uh yeah I'm beautiful canada 32 miles nice well i love vermont it's a beautiful state and uh you know we we got you on the line to talk a little bit about the homeowners and remodelers association uh shoot that's coming up on october 4th you're going to be there and uh it sounds like it's going to be a wonderful day at the Minuteman sportsman's club in burlington mass and uh it's going to be it's something new for the Home Builders and Remodelers Association to try out, you know, something new instead of a, you know, typical rubber chicken dinner and and uh, auction or whatever. This is going to be a fun day of sporting clays, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm sure you're going to have a great time as well. Um, but you, we were talking off air how you grew up shooting pheasants and shooting birds. You're a big avid bird hunter, right? I chase quail up in the canyons up outside of L.A., up in the most Mount Pinos, up in Fraser Park. My grandmother would make me a coffee in the morning with condensed milk. She'd give me a bag of shells and so go say, kill, go kill supper, Billy. <laughs> the good old days, right? When uh... Oh, God, could I hunt. I hunted. I had a shotgun in high school. I hid in a tree on the way to school, and I hunted all the way back to my house. So I was born on the hunt ranch. Uh, five-generation ranch in the San Joaquin Valley. And, uh, you know, I built three reservoirs. They built Boulder Dam, Hoover Dam. You know, my family is responsible for none of the water getting to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, (laughs) you got to hang your hat on something, that's for sure. And uh, you've had quite the career. And obviously, your, uh, your baseball career almost got started after the major leagues for crying out loud you've been shooting i mean uh you've been playing ball until uh very recently correct 71 73 75 i won pro games at 61 63 65 i've thrown more innings than satchel page i've won more games than satchel page and no one's going to take that away from me. That's cool. I think it's great that you've stayed active and you've stayed doing what you love. Like, not many people get to do that. And uh, a lot of people wear their bodies down in a short professional career, and then they got to figure out what they want to be when they grow up. But you've made a, a great uh, career out of it and doing what you love. I assume that's why you do it, correct? Yeah, the key is not to grow up, mm. you know. <laughs> mm. That's the key is you can be... You can be, uh, you know, immature forever. And uh, I have made a point of playing all the time with my sons, my grandsons. I can put nine leads on the field. And my catcher is my granddaughter. I play now with the Savannah Bananas. So I'm playing with my grandsons. I'm being managed by my children, which means I don't have to listen to them. 
That's a good way to go because, uh, you know. It's a good way to go, and I did go on my own terms, and, but I happened to drop dead on first responders night in savannah georgia bad timing bill <laughs> oh well maybe not because you were completely surrounded by uh good help apparently uh, apparently i had three cardiologists in two minutes at, <laughs> at memorial hospital in savannah and uh, i said these three wise men come into my room i'm still in my baseball uniform and they go you died i go i don't think so you know <laughs> they paddled you i said i don't think so Oh, I've been paddled, but that's usually in junior high school. <laughs> the rumors of your death were greatly exaggerated. Exaggerated, Mark Twain. You're exactly right. <laughs> well, we're glad you pulled through, Bill. That was uh, something to... Uh, pulled through. I ended up getting a blood clot after they put that damn pacemaker in me in my right arm. I wouldn't take it because I shoot left-handed. You know, I golf right. So I said, what the hell? I'll put it on my right side of my body. And damned <laughs> if I didn't get a blood clot. So now they put me on eloquists or some super freaking uh what do you call blood thinner you know and told me not to throw anymore i said how the hell am i supposed to stay in shape if you won't let me work <laughs> well what what is a day in the life of billy look like these days up on the up in the woods of vermont nothing but chainsaws and limbs off my 47 acres had a lot of wind damage this year and damned if my maple tree behind my house where i've situated my house overlooking Craftsbury Common. It's a 300-year-old tree. It was when, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson and uh, Washington were alive, and his right arm fell off the day after my right arm fell off. I'm going, what are the odds? Oh, my gosh. Well, so I'm uh, living that up right now. Well, I remember I read up a bit about your uh, your run as governor, and at one point you, you called yourself a socialist but a liberal with a gun or something like that right i'm, I'm paraphrasing well i'm that. i'm beyond i'm a i'm a libertarian in the highest degree i don't believe in borders you know i look at the earth as a big blue marble and when i tell people when they say they got problems i said it's the earth first stupid human beings are not important but the earth is you know we're just a large animal species that'll eventually be extinct take care of the planet tiger and I go from that. Mm. Well, I definitely believe we need to be good stewards. Uh, what one of the things you know, I gotta say, you know, I'm politically, I'm probably on a much different spectrum. But I was given an honorary membership to the Liberal Gun Club for my work in you know firearms and whatnot. And I I come from the belief that guns are for everybody except those who want to use them for evil, of course. But if you're liberal, Democrat, Republican, center, left, right, I don't really care. If you want a gun and you want to learn how to shoot it and you want to know uh, how to responsibly own it, I want to be the gun shop that take, takes care of you. I want to be the guy in your corner advocating for your rights. And it sounds like you're very similarly uh, focused on that front, correct? I got more guns up here than the NRA. You know, I mean, I've got a... I've got a, a Browning Auto 5. I've got my 410 pump Browning. You know, I've got a 20-gauge, beautiful 28-gauge. I mean, I'm more of a bird guy than anything else. Sure. i got a 270, my grandfather's gun with a beautiful scope, eight-power British scope on it uh, that shoots dead on. Uh, I've made shots from – I made 500-yard shots. You know, wow. with 22 shorts, you know, I know trajectory down to the Coriolis effect. I can shoot and I, you know, I 
always have been. When you when your grandfather's name is Paul Adams Hunt and your great grandfather's Rockwell Dennis Hunt, you know you're going to shoot. Your son's name's Hunter or Hunt Michael Hunt, and then you got Hunter as my grandson. You're going to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad to see the tradition is carrying on. What what shotgun? Carrying is- on. You're right. You know you just got to know how to. Lay your gun down. Don't jump over barbed wire fences. Carry your gun. You shoot yourself in the foot, Tiger. <laughs> That's right. What gun are you going to shoot in the uh, the take aim for the build pack uh, at the Home Builders and Remodel Association? No, I'm a clay pigeon. I'm throwing Epis clay pigeons, and they're going to shoot. Ah. <laughs> you're not going to shoot with us that day, I say. You're... I'll shoot. I can shoot. You know. Hey, I. You know, it's guns don't kill people. Bullets kill people. Chris Rock said it. He goes, I'd cap your ass if it didn't cost $5,000 for a round. <laughs> he was a funny guy. He was. He's a very funny guy. And, uh, you know, for a little while there, you were doing some uh, radio work yourself up in up in Canada, right? Sports talk. And 40 whatnot. years. I just got turned around at the border last week for my anniversary. The Canadians wouldn't let me in. No kidding. Yeah, they thought I had too many guns. They said, you got guns in your car. You got guns at home. You got guns in your cars. I'm in a Prius with California <laughs> plates. There's nothing more liberal than that. <laughs> and they go, they go, do you have any guns? I said, are they in the car? I said, why would I? Hunting season hasn't opened yet. You know, why would I have them in the car? Right. I, I took yeah, some guns to Canada. I took some guns to Canada a few years ago. Uh, I went out to Saskatchewan and hunted whitetail out there. And so I actually found it to be surprisingly easy once I filled out all the stuff. They give you a card, and then they're like, this is good for life. However, you it know, is. with it that, is. With that particular country. gun. Yeah. Did you go to bigger? Did you shoot the bucket bigger? <laughs> <laughs> I I was up on... Saskatchewan is where the largest buck was supposedly shot. Yeah, there's some monsters out there, and uh, we were... We were there, and I certainly saw the biggest deer I've ever seen. And um, the crazy thing was, the guide was upset because it was only uh, it was only about ten degrees out, and they they want it to be ten below zero to get the big deer moving around up there, you know, up there. And so I said, well, ten degrees is fine by me because I don't think my toes would have survived ten below zero. But uh, no, you're flatlander i'll tell you uh, my wife's from saskatchewan so i know what you're talking about and i've got a lot of friends but that biggest buck i ever saw was laying in grass in the spring you know and it uh, wasn't the spring it was probably midsummer and stuff and he was in the velvet and i'm looking at him i shot a muley in in uh in montana it was 36 inches tip to tip mm. four by four wow what a beauty! Is that huh? a big one? That's a that's a widespread. That's for sure. Wide! It's amazing how beautiful that animal. He weighed three hundred and six pounds. Wow! Yeah, the monster. Muley's get butt looked like a yeah, looked like a one by twelve. Well, Bill, we really appreciate you coming on the show and talking a little bit about uh, the build pack coming up. And uh, if you want to join Bill Lee on the shoot, go to the Home Builders and Remodelers Association website and sign up. There's only a few spots left. It's from 10 to 1 on the 4th at Minuteman Sportsman's Club. So thanks so much for your time today, Bill. We'll have to do this again. I'm a home builder. I built my own home up here. You know, I'm a general contractor, a remodeler too, so I fit right in with those boys. That's awesome. All right, we'll do this again if you're willing. I'd love to. 
I would. All this right. whole house. That's me. That's the liberal <laughs> side of me. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks so much. Bye. All right. And if you want the best legal protection, you can join the USCCA. Go to uscca.com slash remote and use the code WORKS, W-O-R-K-S. That's uscca.com slash remote and use the code WORKS to get a special training, legal advice, and legal protection you need and your family needs today. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. 508-444-2120 is the number to call if you want to be live on the show with us. Leave a message or you can text your questions. 508-444-2120. If we're not broadcasting, leave a message, your name, your location, and what your question is, and we will get it answered on one of these shows, I promise. And we actually have someone from the text line uh, Debbie wants to know if the Delton Echo 316 is mass compliant and uh, the price caught her eye and she thinks it's a pretty cool looking gun. Uh, unfortunately, it is not. It is a an AR-15 and unfortunately does not meet the definition of the Attorney General's edict. Um, I think at some point that will go away, but we're in this for the long haul, I, I'm afraid. I've mentioned a couple times that, especially after talking with Jason Guida and Keith Langer and uh, some of the other guys, that I, I feel like we're it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, if you live in New York, you'll see that's in a, that's been the roadmap there. Uh, so New York has gotten a lot worse, but it'll eventually get better because they're in total defiance of the Supreme Court ruling um, the Bruin decision that came down. So anyway, that is one thing. Uh, here in Massachusetts, uh, we we still have a chance to make it at least the status quo before it gets better. And that is if we elect 
a government this November that is pro 2A. Uh, so, you know, the NRA used to have a slogan, vote freedom first. And they also used to say that the 2A is the, the Second Amendment is the amendment that protects all other amendments. And I would totally agree with that statement uh, fundamentally. And this is one of those elections, I think, in the state of Massachusetts where you might be a multi-issue voter and guns might not be in the top three or top five of your, um, you know, when you go to the polls, the top of the mind things on your mind. You might not even be a gun owner, but take a step back, take a deep breath and look at the big picture. You're looking at a government that is hostile in the theory of gun ownership in the hands of people that they don't have to worry about. Because gun owners alike are right there with the gun grabbers that violent criminals shouldn't have guns. Or if they do have guns and they use those guns to commit a heinous act of evil or violence that they should go to jail for so long. In fact, I think our uh, gun owners probably exceed non-gun owners in the enforcement of gun laws as it relates to violent criminal acts, not as it relates to victimless crimes or some regulation violation. But if somebody's using a gun to commit a crime or an act of evil, those people should never see the light of day again uh, because I, I, you know, they don't deserve to be walking the streets. If we can't trust them with a gun, then they shouldn't be out in on the streets. Um, so that is something that most gun owners believe. And I would say that most anti-gunners don't. They just want to make sure that you and I don't have open free access to said constitutionally protected guns. We have a special seminar to recognize worst workplace violent threats on November 4th at 1 p.m. Is your workplace prepared for a violent incident? Bring your team to this two-hour seminar that will give you insight into preventing and mitigating workplace violence. Go to capegunworks.com and click on class calendar to sign up. We have a very special guest, Dan Waz, next. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be great. And we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. become all the rage these days. Apparently the mainstream media has gotten all over this term and they're really misinterpreting what it means. And there's something that you need to know as a responsibly armed American. Constitutional carry simply allows you to carry a gun without a permit. That's it. It does not vacate your responsibility of what you're going to do with that gun. Remember, you are responsible for every action you take and certainly every round that comes out of that muzzle. And constitutional carry doesn't take that away. So when we're arguing with anti-gunners who are complaining that constitutional carry makes the world less safe, let's remind them that whether a state has constitutional carry or an over-the-top requirement for you to get your concealed carry permit, none of that takes away your responsibility when you're dealing with a firearm. 
You will be held accountable for your actions as every responsibly armed American should be. So make sure you get the proper training and you know your laws so you're doing the right thing. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And I'm really happy to have on the line with us today author, public speaker, uh, Dan Waz, who has written a book called Good Gun, Bad Guy. So thanks, Dan, for joining us today. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. It's uh, it's great to have you on. I've read a bunch of your stuff on ammoland.com and, you know, at one point filtered through to the website and uh, saw your books. And it looks like you have about three editions of that book now. And uh, I downloaded the first edition. I'm looking forward to getting into that as soon as I get a couple of my other books I'm reading wrapped up. But um, why don't you give our listeners uh, uh, the elevator pitch about what you've been up to lately, what you do for a living, and and what it is your your cause is, so to speak. Well, they say all all roads lead to Rome. All in my life, all roads lead to the Good Gun Bad Guy book series because it's the, probably it's the it's the most important piece of what I do. And 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 what it is, Good Gun Bad Guy series talks about the anti-gun strategies, uh, the tactics that the anti-gun crowd uses to um, to change the way we think about guns in America. You know, they, the strategies when it comes to propaganda, when it comes to the terminology they use. Um, everything they do to convince people to fear guns, hate gun owners, and support gun control. So what I do in my book series is I expose all that stuff. I've studied it for years. I've studied their tactics for, for years, and I understand what they do and how they manipulate the thought process. Uh, so I expose that stuff in, in my book series. Um, and uh, basically like pulling their pants down in public and they hate me for it. So um, I know I'm doing something right and book sales have been very good. So I, I suggest uh, people just check out the book series. First one talks about the anti-gun mindset. The second book talks about more about the media and, and their involvement. And the third book uh, talks more about the politics behind the gun grab. So hmm. That's a good gun, bad guy book series. Plus I do speaking events. And I have my own show called The Loaded Mike. Awesome. Well, that's great. Sounds like you're a busy guy, and we appreciate what you do for the Second Amendment. Um, one of the things that I've always thought about, and you just touched on it as it relates to media, as it relates to the anti-gun message, is if you were just to remove gun from the, the, the topic and insert any other topic or any other hot-button issue uh, – it doesn't make sense. It falls apart immediately, whether it's drunk driving or, you know, uh, you, you you put insert whatever flavor of, of item you want into the argument that they make. And the entire yeah. argument is nonsensical. But yeah. they've stayed consistent with the message of beating people over the head that gun bad, you know, guns are bad right. Right. in all cases. And in your book, one of the excerpts you talk about uh, – a quote from Eric Holder, and I'm paraphrasing it, but he basically says that we're going to have an anti, it's his goal to have an anti-gun message in every school, every day, at every level. And 
consistency and repetition is what's going to hammer this home. So they don't care that the message is wrong. They just think by overwhelming it, uh, by telling the lie often enough and loud enough, people will believe it. And a lot of people have, right? Yeah. And there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpackage. I know we don't have the time to do it here, but um, you're right. They're they're very good marketers, just like uh, Nike. You know, if I said, just do it, you think of Nike. If I said, I'm loving it, you think of McDonald's. You you understand the way propaganda works and the way marketing strategies are used. Holder understands, and, and a lot of these gun grabbers really get it. They know that if you play a consistent message over and over, the human brain will start to develop that as a belief, whether it's true or not. And when, if you can help someone uh create new beliefs in their thought process, then they act on those beliefs. Um, In this case, guns bad uh, would be a belief and they would act on it by supporting more uh, gun legislation, more gun control. And uh, it's, it's really pretty simple. I mean, Hitler did it to the Nazis and uh, he convinced them to hate a certain group of people. Uh, just like the, a lot of times uh, we see the gun grabbers and Democrats doing it uh, to their to their followers. Yeah, and along those lines, there's something else that caught my attention on one of your uh, Loaded Mike podcasts was um, another buzzword that you see all the time in media used by anti-gun uh, politicians is gun violence, right? And you had this one podcast that caught my attention that says there's no such thing as gun violence. And uh, why don't you expound on that or tell, tell the listeners what you were thinking about, about that? Well, I've been saying it for years. There's no such thing as gun violence. What we're really talking about is human violence. There is, however, gun benevolence. And what gun benevolence is, is, is guns being used for good. In other words, there are two and a half million lives saved per year every, every year in America because our people are armed. So, mm-hmm. so I, 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 prefer to use the term gun benevolence because, um, you know, th- there's really no such thing as gun violence. They try to, they try to make it look like the gun is the cause of the problem. And um, they don't look at the underlying causes of, hu- of human violence because they don't, they're not looking at poverty. They're not looking at um, crime and gangs and all that, and all that other stuff. Um, so no such thing as gun violence. We, we, I could go on and on about that topic, um, but it's, it's a term that works because they can make people envision guns being violent. You know, we all know what a gun looks like, and we all know what violent looks like. Violence looks like. It might be different to me than it is to you, but we all know that we can take those two words in our mind and put them together and, and conjure up um, a vision of whatever violence means to us. And when you attach it to guns, it scares people, and they in turn go and vote for uh, more gun control because right. they're scared and they don't know any better. Yeah. And, you know, there's a simple formula involved with anything in life. And that is there's a risk versus reward, right? Or a risk versus benefit. And if you look at the statistic you just quoted, the two and a half million times a year people in America use guns to defend themselves, that number is so staggering and it overwhelms the negative outcomes with a gun by a humongous factor. Right. We would be willing to take that risk if with any other element in our life, right? Uh, You know, even just driving a car to work every day involves a serious amount of risk, if you will, statistically speaking. And 
the fact of the matter is no one thinks twice about jumping in the car and driving to the store every day. And you're right. They want to pound into people's head that you have more of a chance of dying by uh, guns mm-hmm. if you have one, even though there's, you know, a estimated of 100 million gun owners in America. So if they had more of a chance of dying by gun, you'd be seeing millions of people dying a year of gun, you know, with, with negative outcomes with a gun. And that just doesn't happen. And so trying to take back the narrative, what would you suggest is the best way for people to kind of, you know, maybe have that discussion with people that think, you know, they've been indoctrinated by the years of uh, this propaganda campaign to just start the argument off and say, hey, you know, in a friendly and polite way to win some hearts and minds as in, in general conversation, maybe over you know, turkey Thanksgiving dinner or something like that. But uh, what's been your experience? Well, first of all, the reason that people aren't scared of cars is because they haven't been conditioned to fear cars. Mm. They have been conditioned to fear guns. Those are people who don't know any better. Uh, What would I do? I, I usually like to ask questions because when you ask someone a question, it helps them um, search for their own reasons and through their own thought process and their own beliefs. Um, My question would be, do you have a gun in your house to protect yourself and your family? And they're either going to say, yes, they do, which means that they do understand the importance of gun ownership. They're going to say, no, they don't. And it's usually because they don't want to uh, be seen as gun owners because they've been so conditioned to, to despise that type of, um, uh, that type of culture. Um, so, but by helping them see whether or not they, they're doing the thing, whether or not they, they have a gun and then ask them, what would you do if someone broke into your house? What would you do if you and your wife were out in public and you got attacked? Are you able to protect yourself on the spot? What would you do? You know, and it at least helps them think about, well, maybe it is important. Maybe self-defense, me, I, I, I can speak for myself as a man, as a husband, as a father. It's my responsibility to protect myself and my family. It's the most, my family is the most important thing to me. If you can help people see mm-hmm. that they're not being responsible by being defenseless and unarmed, if you can help them feel that and think that thought thought process through, it's a, it's a beginning point. It's a starting point where we can start to help them maybe start to accept the idea of self-defense with a gun. Yeah. You know, you bring up a good point and that's excellent advice. Uh, we had, um, a guest on a couple of weeks ago, uh, that said basically the same thing. It was, uh, Bill Whittle. He, and he was saying that, that you can cut right to the chase by saying, does the 80 pound, 70-year-old lady have a right to defend herself against three 250-pound thugs? Yes or no? Right. You know, yes or no? Does she have a right to defend herself against three violent attackers that severely outweigh her, you know, are younger athletically and and body size? And it's a yes or no question. And if she does, then what's the best tool to defend yourself is is a firearm, right? And that that question is good because it goes to the the rights. It goes to rights. Does she have the right? And I like that. Um, however, I like to get, I like to go to the person themselves. I right. like to ask them personally how they feel because feelings, you know, we're, 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 we're feeling creatures. So um, how do you feel about going out yeah. with your wife 
and not being able to defend her. How, how does that make you feel? How do you feel about it? You know, getting right to the core of their character is is a good way. You know, sure. uh, and asking questions helps them, helps people, uh, you know, think it through. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Dan. How can people find your book if they want to go ahead and buy it and, and, you know, check into some of your work? What's the best way for people to follow your work? First of all, I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you very much. And I'd love to do it again anytime you guys want. Um, People can go to goodgunbadguy.com and goodgunbadguy.com. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And we will see you soon. Uh, Definitely going to do this again. And uh, we're going to a break, but you should go to rapidfireradio.us to check out the latest Rapid Fire gear. Show your Pro 2A by wearing a shirt, hat, or grab a flag and go to rapidfireradio.us and click on the link. We will see you soon. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining us, and we'll be right back. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. 508-444-2120 is the Rapid Fire line. You can call, text, or leave a message any time of the day or night. If you want to call the show, uh, we'll play your call. Or if you want to text your question, we will get to your question. Um, Speaking of which, we do have a question from the text line and it says new gun owner have a jeep no trunk they make center console safes question mark would transporting storing a firearm in that be legal have a class question mark um so yes we do uh have classes for uh responsible storage and transportation of a firearm uh we we have one coming up called the Concealed Carry and Home Defense class. It's a USCCA mini class, we call it. Um, So it's a two-hour class, uh, and it's a great class about uh, responsibly storing firearms, following the law of the land, and still having quick access to your guns. Um, There are, Hornady makes a great safe. Funny Funny thing about it is it's very under, I'd say it's probably one of our, lowest selling safes in the shop, but it's dedicated safe for the vehicle. And it slides in between the center console and the passenger seat and has an inflatable bladder that holds it 
tightly in place. And there's also a cable that you can secure it around like the seat. So someone can't just, you know, puncture that bladder and grab it and pull it right out of the car. Um, but it has an RFID device that opens the safe with like four different ways, like a, a little fob that goes on your keys, which might be a problem if you don't have a push button start, like in a Jeep, um, you'd, you'd have to, you know, obviously pull over or, or disconnect it from your keychain somehow. But they also make a sticker that goes on the back of the cell phone um, or on whatever you want to put it on. Uh, a lot of people put it, stick it to the back of the cell phone. Then you wave it over the top of the safe and boom, it opens right up and your gun is ready and staged, uh, ready to go. There's also a wristband you can put on when the gun is in the safe. And so you can wave your hand over the over the RFID area of the safe and it'll open. And then there's also a you know four-digit code like you can punch in and create a code that'll open it up. And I believe there's one other uh, RFID device that goes in it's like a credit card that goes in your wallet and you can wave that over the top of it and that'll open it as well so there's a number of different ways of getting quick access to it it will make you compliant when you're in the vehicle Um, i don't think it makes you compliant if you leave the gun loaded while it's in the car so you might have to work through unloading it before you leave it in the car lock it up and go into a you know a store or a wherever you're going to work or whatever else so um, yeah, there you have that. So hopefully that answers your question. And I'm going to go ahead and read through the uh, text line, as, the chat line, as quickly as I can. I know we're rolling up on the end of the show. That's why they call it rapid fire, folks. Um, <laughs> but um, so let's see. Uh, someone was asking if the Ruger Security 9 Compact is mass compliant. And the answer to that is yes, it is. Um, so you can buy that gun. It's not one of our most popular sellers, but it's a great price point gun. It's very affordable. It's right around the $300 mark. And uh, you can call Cape Gunworks and put one on special order, Richie, and we can order it up for you. Um, there was some deb- debate earlier uh, about the manliness of people who own guns. I'm not even going to get into that. Um, and uh, so uh, let's see. Um 500 Magnum's asking if I have any experience with the rare 357 Maximum or 450 45 Winchester Magnum. I'd love to try them. I have shot the 357 Maximum. A friend of mine had a had a gun that shot one, and he had like a thousand rounds, so we burned down a bunch of it. Uh, it was pretty fun, and uh, it is a big hand cannon, uh, so very difficult to get ammo for these days. So good luck with that. Um, so, you know, it'd be tough to find that ammo in both cases. So, uh, but they're fun, fun guns to shoot for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, someone was saying there was a lot of bomb threats in central mass yesterday, something like 20 plus in schools and everything else. And, uh, 500 says Toby guns are made for protection, not only not intimidation or aggressive activity. That's what people fail to realize. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, but I will say if the presentation of the firearm de-escalates the situation, uh, that is, I guess, some form of intimidation or aggression. I know that's not the primary reason for pulling the gun out in a defensive situation, uh, but if that is what gets the job done without firing a shot, I think that's a win for all involved, especially the person who doesn't deserve that type of a outcome, the perpetrator of the crime in the first place. Um, 
but it's a win for him as well. He gets to go home with the with everything he came to the fight with. So um, the best fight, and there was some discussion again going back on this uh, person I already said I'm not going to comment on, uh, talking about manliness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I personally think the best fight is the one you don't get into, the one you can avoid. Uh, I'm a big de-escalation guy, uh, conflict avoidance, and I feel that the gun is a tool necessary for when the only outcome is that you or one of your loved ones could suffer great bodily harm or death. Um, And so in that case, the gun is a very efficient tool for uh, protection and for keeping you alive in that situation. Speaking of that situation, a 50-year-old woman used a gun to defend herself and her family, her husband, one day after receiving her gun. This was a woman in California who had gone through all the hoops to jump through all the hoops to get uh, her gun license and uh, waited the 10-day waiting period in, in California. So you buy a gun, you wait 10 days, then you can pick it up. The day she picked it up, she went to bed and awake up, and that very next day, there was a home invader that got in a huge fight with her husband, and they were in fear for their lives, and she shot the home invader with every round that the revolver held. I don't know if it was a five-shot, six-shot, seven-shot, eight-shot revolver, whatever it was, but she used every single one and got the job done and uh, you know, made the world a better place by squeezing the trigger and protecting her husband who was engaged in this fight with this guy who invaded their home without warning or without notice and put them in a horrible situation. But you can see how gun control could have huge adverse effects on those that it should never intend on uh, restricting or um, you know, violating the right to keep and bear arms. If this lady had gone to the gun store one or two days later to buy her gun, she would not have been armed in that situation, could have had a much worse outcome for them. Uh, so gun control has a rich history of all kinds of bad and negative outcomes um, and very few positive outcomes uh, or very few situations where it actually prevented bad guys from getting guns who really wanted to get guns and commit evil and heinous acts of violence on the unsuspecting masses. Um, but it does a very good job of restricting people you don't have to worry about rights. So there you have it. Um, Jeff would like to respond to what uh, my comment was on Grace Curley yesterday about uh, Sunday hunting. And I think I really stepped on a landmine. We don't have time to go into it right now. But I had a couple comments and uh, emails of people very upset that I was advocating for Sunday hunting. We might talk about that on the other side a little bit. Um, If you're listening on the radio and you don't have the second hour rapid fire, you're going to have to tune in to rapidfireradio.us where you'll get the second hour or you can call or text the rapid fire line 508-444-2120 and ask your question and we'll read it next time on the air uh and you can also go to capegunworks.com to get uh the second hour or wherever you get your podcast but it might take a little while before it's uploaded so ask questions check out some of our online content freedom will always be on the right side of history 
So stay tuned, or we'll see you next time on Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Thanks so much. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. Constitutional carry has become all the rage these days. Apparently, the mainstream media has gotten all over this term and they're really misinterpreting what it means and there's something that you need to know as a responsibly armed American constitutional carry simply allows you to carry a gun without a permit that's it it does not vacate your responsibility of what you're going to do with that gun remember you are responsible for every action you take and certainly every round that comes out of that muzzle and constitutional carry doesn't take that away So when we're arguing with anti-gunners who are complaining that constitutional carry makes the world less safe, let's remind them that whether a state has constitutional carry or an over-the-top requirement for you to get your concealed carry permit, none of that takes away your responsibility when you're dealing with a firearm. You will be held accountable for your actions as every responsibly armed American should be. So make sure you get the proper training and you know your laws so you're doing the right thing. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect no matter what you trust it with we've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards security is at the forefront of our thoughts so no unwanted guest the vt10i provides multiple quick and simple access points including high resolution biometrics backlit numeric keys keyed entry and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong 
and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. Welcome to Rapid Fire, hour number two, a talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Make sure to tune in each week at capegunworks.com or rapidfireradio.us and join the conversation. You can call the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. You can also text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. Remember to like us and subscribe us subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms we have uh facebook youtube telegram twitch all the usual suspects rumble parlor getter etc however if you're looking for us on instagram it's going to be cgw underscore backup everywhere else it's at cape gunworks and you'll find some great 2a content on there if i don't say if i do say so myself Uh, So we'd love to have you like, subscribe, follow, share, and comment on whatever it is we're talking about. So uh, it's very boring without you. So uh, we had, you know, our main account on Instagram get Zuckerberged, and that was by far one of our biggest platforms. So thousands of users gone away, not to mention seven years of content flushed down the toilet, most of which can be found on our Facebook page, but... Even still, uh, it stinks when the sensors come home to roost. And uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about my advocacy or uh, wanting to see Sunday hunting come around on in Massachusetts. Uh, as far as Maine is concerned, I'd love to see it there as well. Even though I got kind of a nasty gram from somebody who's a landowner up in Maine that presently does not post her land and allows people to hunt and ride ATVs, et cetera, on it. But she's happy to have one day of the week to herself that people aren't toting guns around on her property. And she said that if it was to ever get passed, Sunday hunting was to get passed, she would instantly post up all of her land and it would be show is over and she would no longer uh, allow anyone to hunt on her property. Um, So, you know, that's... uh, that's um something that would be unfortunate as access to hunting land is becoming harder and harder, um, especially as more and more people post it, make it so it's illegal to trespass on their land and hunt on their land. Um, I hate seeing those posted signs on properties you used to hunt with and hunt on, etc. Um, <clears throat> and Jeff is saying that... Uh, he he's he wants to weigh in on the Sunday hunting comment and he's a hunter and he realizes non-hunters also work five to six days a week and they too should have one day in seven to enjoy the out of doors without having to worry about hunters shooting while they are in the woods. It seems that reasonable that Sundays are reserved for them as hunters have six out of seven days a week to hunt. 
Uh, and he thinks it's that simple. No need to inject politics into the discussion. Yeah, politics has nothing to do with it as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I'm going to be the devil's advocate here and say I can use that same logic that non-hunters have three quarters of the year in which to enjoy the out of doors seven days a week without worrying about coming across another hunter, um, except in the rare occasion you might come across like a crow hunter or something, or if you live in a state like uh, in the Northeast, every state except for Massachusetts has an open season on coyotes. So some people predator hunt year-round, et cetera, et cetera. But most of those guys are, that are that into it that are going to set up and hunt predators in the summer or something like that are probably doing it at night anyway. So the the dog walkers aren't probably going to be confronted by hunters in that situation anyway. And it's a very small percentage. So I would say the same logic applies that they actually get to enjoy the out-of-doors completely free and devoid of any hunters for most of the year. And if you are talking about gun season, including muzzleloader and shotgun, you're really talking about maybe five weeks out of the year, which would affect maybe four or five Sundays out of the year if you allowed Sunday hunting. If it's someone bow hunting, chances are you're never even going to know they're there. Um, So, you know, I have a hard time accepting that type of logic that they should have one day that they don't have to worry about hunters when they have, you know, uh, 46 weeks out of the year that they don't have to worry about hunters. Uh, So, and, you know, we're talking five, maybe six Saturdays, I mean, Sundays of the year that would affect these people's lifestyles. Also, I would almost be okay with it if they said, "Eh, you know what, we're not going to allow Sunday hunting for, you know, shotgun season, which would affect two Sundays, but we're going to allow it for muzzleloader and archery seasons. I'd be okay with that even. Like if I could, you know, take a Sunday and go sit in my tree stand with my bow on the Lord's Day and enjoy the great outdoors... I'd be perfectly happy with that. So um, I guess I kind of stepped on a landmine about uh, all the people who are loving the fact that there's no hunting on Sunday. But there is Sunday hunting in most states in the country. Uh, I think there's only a few left that have these old blue laws which prohibit you from Sunday hunting. So anyway, um, I don't want to take up too much time about this, but uh, that's one thing that I think is... Um, something that should change as society progresses. And, um, I mean, shoot, they've opened the liquor stores on Sunday, right? So people can enjoy an adult beverage on on the Lord's Day. Why can't I sit in my tree stand and wait for Bambi to walk by? That's all I ask. Put some meat on the table, feed my family, enjoy God's creation in the outdoors. Anyway, um, let's get back to some of your questions, which I kind of neglected uh, in the beginning of the show, um, Jay Banks is wondering if I have any advice for a new license to carry holder just starting out. And yeah, I would say the top three things that I would advise you to do is a get a get a gun. Um, I would highly recommend a striker fired nine millimeter 
full-size handgun for your first gun. It's a great range gun, great home defense gun. You can't even carry it in a pinch, especially coming into winter where you're going to be wearing probably heavy clothes like a shotgun, et cetera, I mean a sweatshirt, et cetera. And, um, you know, I would still recommend for your first gun getting a full-size uh, 9-millimeter striker-fired uh, gun without a thumb safety. Uh, so that would be my first piece of advice. My second one would be to get training, competent training on how to safely and efficiently use your gun. If you're going to use it for self-defense, definitely take a class that's defensively minded. Uh, The concealed carry and home defense class coming up would be a great one to take. Um, You could also uh, take a private lesson with somebody who has good self-defense knowledge, etc. And uh, that would be a great way to go as well. And then thirdly, I would recommend uh, practice, you know, front load your training after taking a class, really get a lot of trigger time in up front and, uh, you know, front load your training so that you're familiar with the gun, how it works, how it operates, and put a lot of rounds downrange, get used to the recoil, get used to the trigger pull, get used to shooting the gun so you know it inside and out. And uh, that'll that'll be uh, practice that pays dividends going forward. Uh, huge Uh, we have Keith Langer next so you don't want to miss it Um, we'll be right back after this you're listening to Rapid Fire something like this the stress level it can tear up a family he said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened 50 year old ford employee billy cohort was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the united auto workers 551 parking lot in june 2016 to have everything he worked for taken away. Cohort was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he had worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, self-defense, and in this case, archery. I lied and said we're going to have Keith on next. We're having Dylan on. So, sorry, Keith, stand by. We'll get you in a minute. Dylan, how are you today? Doing very well. Thank you for having me. If you haven't met Dylan, he is our archery guru here at Cape Gunworks, and uh, we were just talking about 
the prospect of maybe having Sunday hunting on in Massachusetts. I don't know if it's going anywhere anytime soon, but um, I would love to see it happen. Even if it was for archery only, I would be thrilled to be able to sit, sit in a tree stand yeah. and, and hunt. Um, so tell us a little bit about what's going on. I mean, it's everybody's thinking about opening day of archery season, which is coming like a freight train down the tracks, right? Yep. Next next week? Yeah, the third, Monday. Monday the third. So that's this Monday. Um, if you haven't got your hunting license and you haven't been in to get your bow tuned, and if you're like me, you haven't shot your bow since last hunting <laughs> season, time is ticking and it's about time you get shooting. Uh, come on down with Dylan and uh, he'll help you out if you want to take a private lesson with Dylan. Uh, you, you've been helping guys get their bows ready, right? Cutting new arrows, getting them set up with... Yeah, absolutely. So it's been uh, really busy recently. We've getting a lot of people tuned up. Uh, people are coming in looking to get their bows restrung, uh, get some new arrows cut. Some of them just looking for some new accessories to kind of upgrade from last season to get them a little better performance out in the field. But uh, it's been busy, and uh, this season's looking like it's going to be a good one. I know we have a pretty healthy herd out here on Cape Cod nowadays, and a lot of doe tags, like today, they just went back up for sale, so people are really excited. And uh, I also heard, uh, I think it might have been the same as last year, but unlimited doe tags out on the islands, so people going hunting over there are going to have their hands full this uh, this season. Absolutely, and uh, you know I have a couple of cameras out, and uh, I've been marking a lot of deer almost daily, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. The funniest part is I've had a couple big guys come through, and I'm like, all right, maybe they'll be there, and I don't see them again for a week or two or yeah. three or month. But I've I've routinely had uh, Doe and her two fawns that are uh, getting big now, and then two spike horn, like little fork horns that are almost there daily. It's like they're almost my... Uh, my pet deer at this point. So uh, I would certainly let them walk uh, for a couple more years. They have some great potential. We'll see what happens. Um, but uh, what, what's the hot bow this year? If, if someone was like, hey, Dylan, I want to get a bow tech or I want to get an elite or we also sell PSE. So what's, what's your favorite bow and what would you, someone who's never hunted before, they come in to try one out, what would you set them up with? So if I had my pick of the litter this year, it would be the Bowtech SR350. Uh, unbelievably easy tuning, and it's just, it shoots darts. It's incredible. But also the uh, PSE line this year came out with the Levitate as well as the Evo XF in 33 and 30 inches. Those bows shoot laser fast, just like the SR350. Um, if you're looking for a little bit of a shorter bow, uh, the P the Bowtech CP28 is fantastic. I had a lot of guys interested in that this year. And uh, from Elite, because Elite is a fantastic company, can't talk about bows without mentioning them. They have the Envision, uh, the Basin, and the Terrain, and the Envision being their flagship model for this year. I've tested out all of them. I Honestly, I really like the draw cycle on the SR350. It's extremely smooth, and it just shoots beautifully. Mm. But the PSCs and the Elites are really up there. It was just a matter of tunability and uh, comfortability and shooting, because that Bowtech has that flip disc on it, so you can do the performance or the comfort setting. The comfort setting is what I keep it at because it's it's so much fun to shoot. And mm. uh, yeah, but that's what I would pick if I had my choice. <laughs> All right. Well, i I got a uh, I got a Bowtech bow right before they came out with their whole line of bows that has the deadlock cam, which makes yeah. tuning a bow ridiculously easy. You yeah. get. You don't need a bow press anymore. You don't need um, 
You don't need to, you know, back and forth on the bow press to paper tune your bow. It's so nice to do it with just a little Allen wrench and lock it down once it's shooting bullet holes through paper. Yeah. And uh, so I'm pretty happy I've got my bow tuned right where I want it, but I remember <laughs> the frustration it took to get it tuned there. Now that's gone away with Bowtech and Elite has a very yeah. similar uh, system. What's There's this called... Uh, I've, the set technology, yep. and um, it's it's a very similar technology where you're actually, uh, instead of twisting strings and getting cams to lean, you're actually taking it out of the limb yep. altogether. And so uh, pretty fascinating technology. Uh, who'd have thought, you know, where bows would be when you look at some of the first models of, uh, of compound bows out there? They were yeah. pretty medieval-looking things. Yeah, they're different. <laughs> yeah, and now you see what they do and what they, uh, how they feel and the weight of them. Uh, it's pretty amazing, too, how um, I used to shoot a Matthews MQ-1. Matthews makes a great bow, but their MQ-1 was the first one of the first solo cam bows, and I thought that was technology that would never go away. I'm like, this is brilliant. And, and I remember thinking, I don't even need to shoot a modern bow, and I say modern because I shot that bow for 20 years. <laughs> then when I first shot a bow tech, I was like, I couldn't dump that bow quick enough. I was like, yeah. this is ridiculous. These new bows are amazing. Yeah. And and that's the technology that goes into these bows nowadays. They are well thought out, engineered for performance and shootability, right? Yeah. So it's uh, the draw cycle is kind of the name of the game with archery nowadays with the technology where it is. They're all so competitive when it comes to speed and precision that it's a matter of comfort with the shooting and especially the tunability. Like you were saying with the deadlock cam system, when I was tuning up an SR350 for a customer, I just did my measurements. I moved the cams over to get the string where I needed it to be. First shot through paper was a perfect bullet hole and that was a first for me without having to shim any cams or put anything, any twists on the yoke strings. And nice. yeah, it's uh, absolutely different. And the, the smooth draw on those bows is something that I haven't really felt before. Cause mm-hmm. I still have some customers bring in some old school bows and uh, it's really different. So mm-hmm. if people haven't really looked at the technology recently, I definitely recommend having them swing by or at least, venture out and do some uh, research into that field because it's totally different game nowadays yeah so if someone needs some arrows cut or wants to try out a new bow they can come with sit you know meet with you you can get them all set up and there's still time to get a bow and set up arrows release everything for for hunting season right yeah absolutely uh we can get a full setup going kind of do a custom build on the bow for them and uh, we even have access with our distributors now where if someone is looking to do custom colors on their bows with Bowtech, where we can get pretty much anything they're looking for. Mm, nice. Yeah, it's always nice to customize it, but we have such a great selection in stock right now. And, uh, you know, I think that if someone's thinking about getting into archery or has never, you know, shot a bow before, they should come in, take a private lesson with you. Yep. You can start them on recurve or compound, whatever they yep. prefer, right? We have lots of people who do that. Kids, it's a great gift for birthdays or for Christmas or whatever. You know, buy them a couple hour session with Dylan. And uh, you enjoy teaching them and, and yeah. you know, you do a great job. I see a lot of repeat customers coming in for their hour session with uh, Dylan. So, uh, yeah, keep up the good work we appreciate you dylan and uh we got some great deals going for the 
this hunting season, right? Yeah, we have some great sales going on. Uh, last year model bows and a couple years uh, old bows that we had some overstock on. But the deals are pretty much unbeatable right now. Mm. If they're looking for a new setup, it's now's the time to get in here, especially with the season coming in hot. You definitely want some time to practice with it before you just take it in the field the first day you pick it up. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. Thanks so much. Keep up the great work. We'll yeah, thank see you, you soon. And uh, we, if you want to take a private archery lesson with Dylan, go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link and you can sign up today. We will be right back with Keith Langer. Don't go away. This is Rapid Fire. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And I have one of the regular contributors to this show, Keith Langer, on the line with us today. How are you, Keith? Just fine, Toby. Yourself? I'm doing great, thanks. Um, Really happy to be here and uh, have you on the show. And there's a question that's come up a couple of times on text, and I, for some reason, always forget to ask you about it. Uh, So I thought we'd get into it this week. And uh, one of the texters or chatters on the on the live chat has said, is it illegal for him if he's out camping or going out in the woods for a walk the dog to have like a rifle on him if it's, you know, open carried or even like take a sub 2K, for instance, if it was folded up and put into his backpack. And so it's kind of concealed, but he's just taking his gun for a walk in the woods. Is that legal in Massachusetts? Uh, to kind of open or conceal carry a rifle and not a pistol? Well, first and foremost, if you're in the woods, you're going to run afoul of hunting regulations. So that's your first concern if you are actually in the woods. All right. If you're foolish enough to think you can carry, open carry, a long arm in Massachusetts, then you've got some major issues. Uh, chapter 249, section 12D, requires long arms be unloaded and cased unless you are hunting. In fact, it could even be so strictly construed 
that doesn't include going to and from hunting, uh, just getting from your car to the woods if you're anywhere near a residential area. And of course, you can't uh, have it within 500 feet of a dwelling loaded. You can't have a loaded long arm in a vehicle, and that includes ATVs. Hmm. So, even if you get around the hunting issues, about the only way that would fly is if it were secured in a backpack or similar container. So if you want to be out hiking through the woods with uh, a PCC folded up in your backpack, that might fly. Although, of course, folded up in the backpack, unloaded makes it less than ideal for the purpose you're ostensibly carrying it for. Uh, but in a public way, forget it. No, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And in the woods, then you may have to explain just what you're doing to a game officer. Mm. And so, and, so just to be clear, if you're out on a public way with that same sub 2k folded up in a backpack secured in a backpack, it, it if it had a trigger lock through it or uh, a cable lock through the action, you would technically be compliant, but you would be have to explain what the heck you're doing with a gun at the local Chick-fil-A or wherever the heck you decide if to go. If the uh, case or the backpack were locked, that would suffice. So you wouldn't even necessarily need a trigger lock as long as it's in a locked container. Because mm. at that point, it would be transport, but public way, it should be cased and ideally what he's doing in the backpack. And if you're in the woods, then you've got fish and game issues to deal with and absolutely not loaded in a vehicle, period. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. In fact, the notes say if you're taking a break from hunting and eating lunch in the truck, you either keep the shotgun outside of the truck. No, don't lean it up against the truck. We know what happens then. Or unload it and put it in the truck would be uh, the uh, the better purpose. Mm. Now, I just had a chat this morning with a certain police chief because my client, for reasons which passeth understanding, was bicycling through his town, no shirt, and a Ruger auto pistol on his hip. And since this town is very near the one where the infamous mill is, you've already got a bunch of people on edge. So somebody saw him pedaling down with the gun on his hip, which is perfectly legal. And they called the police. And the police, of course, came. And all I had to do was confirm that he had an LTC. But neither side played the game very well. The cop says, we don't do that here. Well, what makes here special? <laughs> and then demanded my guys, not just the LTC, which, of course, they're entitled to, but his driver's license for a guy riding a bike <laughs> when he's already given him the LTC, which is state-issued with a full-color photo. And he objected to that. So the situation sort of spiraled down from there, and they took his gun and his license, and we're still negotiating the return of each. So this is oh. not an open carry favorable state, notwithstanding the case law that says 
merely carrying a gun and having it visible is not an arrestable offense. The most the police can do is confirm that you have a license. And no, it doesn't matter if you're scaring the neighbors because we have the case where the guy had not one but two guns when he went to see his doctor and the nurse had a meltdown and they tried to strip him of his license and lost in court. But you really don't want to be playing those games. Uh, it takes time and money and the outcome is always somewhat unpredictable. Right. So was that, was that client of yours arrested? He was not arrested. No, because even the cops said, we don't do that here. Had enough intelligence to realize it was not an arrestable offense. Mm. Of course, he also described the Ruger standard auto pistol as a rifle in the police report. <laughs> oh, so it, it, it was an interesting letter to the chief, and it was an interesting chat with him this morning. And I hope we can get that resolved peaceably. But this is not the place to play that game. Yeah. We are not in Montana. Yeah, it's funny. I've always said, uh, a buddy of mine once said that um, unless you're within like, uh, if there, well, let's put it this way. If there's a drive-through fast food restaurant within a couple miles of your location, you're probably not in a good place to open carry. <laughs> and uh, it's a good guide to go by, you know, you're not in rural America. And even if you're legally able to do it, are you making it uh, the world a better place by doing it? Are you making it, are you making it more complicated going forward for reasonable uh, gun owners? Well, just do it as a simple cost benefit analysis. A, do you want to be explaining your actions by the side of the road to a cop who says, we don't do that here. Or do you want to, as a friend of mine frequently puts it, disappear in a crowd of one? Mm. Be the gray man. Cover the bloody thing up because let's assume that that doomsday scenario you're ostensibly defending yourself again goes down. Wonderful. There you are with your visible handgun. You are target number one. Mm. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I don't think tactically it's a good idea. And I think for the most part it's people that are – politically uh motivated and you know maybe they're a second amendment auditor that there's guys on youtube that do this with ar-15s in public parks and they have lawyers on retainer and they say we're going out to the park between 10 and 2 on saturday and i'll be having my gun in tow so expect a phone call from us you know and they do this on purpose to actually get a rise out of the police or to get someone to call the police or get someone to confront them so they can videotape it for their YouTube channel and uh, get many likes and posts and shares and whatever. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I just don't think it moves the needle favorably in the direction of uh, you know people who might not be uh, on the same page as us saying, oh yeah, I saw that guy in the park and he seemed like a good guy, so now I'm pro-gun. You know, no, I, it's not going to happen. Yeah, right. That's, that's not the way the world works. I, I saw the video of the guy down in Florida with the AR-15 on his shoulder over the pier, and it's like, poser, what do you think you're achieving? You're not making anybody feel better. You're not convincing anybody who is on the fence to go to your side. And in the current social, what's the word we're looking for, atmosphere, the police don't need more provocation. There's a lawsuit now because the police shot a guy with a cell phone. Mm -hmm. Well, 
if all you see is a guy with this black thing in his hand and is aimed at you, are you really going to take time to make sure it's a Nokia and not a Glock? Right. Why, why look for that sort of trouble? Because the downside is intense and the benefits are de minimis. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. And so, you know, like, like I, I, I've said often, just because you have one doesn't mean you we want to see it. <laughs> unless you're at the gun range, unless you're at the gun shop, unless you're at the um, your house or your private property or whatever, uh, you know, by all means, break them out, show and tell, everything else, the gun show, the sportsman's club. Uh, that's what those are for. I, you know, I lament the fact that we live in a politically charged environment that does make it difficult to uh, engage in open carry, peaceable open carry that would not be looked upon in such a way. But that's the world we live in, and I think it's better to move the needle in the toward freedom than restrictive uh, measures. Agreed, especially when you see just as many videos of the clueless tool standing in line with his gun hanging halfway out of his jeans pocket and somebody comes up behind him and takes it. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Keith, thanks so much for your time. How does someone reach you if they want to check into your legal services? Well, the easiest way is just go to the website, kglangerlaw.com. Real simple, or just run Keith Langer through the search engine of your choice. And the office number, 508-384-8692. Again, 508-384-8692. All right. Thanks so much, Keith, and we will see you next time. And if you're listening to this, don't don't forget this week's discount code on the website, which is rapid reload. Excuse me, reload. I forgot my own discount code. So reload is the discount code. Go to capegunworks.com. You'll get a a percentage off your entire order. Not to mention free shipping at 300 bucks. And we deliver ammo in mass. Go figure. Someone's got to be on capegunworks.com right now taking advantage of this amazing deal. We'll see you in a sec. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. carry has become all the rage these days. Apparently the mainstream media has gotten all over this term and they're really misinterpreting what it means. And there's something that you need to know as a responsibly armed American. Constitutional carry simply allows you to carry a gun without a permit. That's it. It does not vacate your responsibility of what you're going to do with that gun. Remember, you are responsible for every action you take and certainly every round that comes out of that muzzle. And constitutional carry doesn't take that away. So when we're arguing with anti-gunners who are complaining that constitutional carry makes the world less safe, let's remind them that whether a state has constitutional carry or an over-the-top requirement for you to get your concealed carry permit, none of that takes away your responsibility when you're dealing with a firearm. You will be held accountable for your actions, as every responsibly armed American should be. So make sure you get the proper training and you know your laws so you're doing the right thing. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family.
Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. 508-444-2120 is the live phone number to call into Rapid Fire. You can also text your questions or leave a message to 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. All right, so getting back to the news of the day. Uh, Thank you, Keith, for your contributions and trying to keep everybody out of jail. Uh, in a hostile gun state. A um, couple of things on the chat that I just wanted to touch on real quick. Um, uh, 500 says, in a T-Rex attack, would I rather have a, lo- a rocket launcher or a 50 BMG? I know they don't exist anymore, but it's fun to think about. Um, <laughs> I'll play. Um, so I would personally want the 50 BMG even for a T-Rex, because uh, the rocket launcher, you got one shot, and if that T-Rex has some really good uh, Matrix-like skills to dodge your your rocket, it's going to take a long time to reload, and he'll be on you in no time having you for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, whichever the time of the attack is happening at. But uh, with the 50 BMG, like a Barrett, I'd have at least 10 rounds to... to send down range at said T-Rex. Um, but Jay is also wondering if I have any XCRs coming in soon. I have, he's been looking for an XCRL. Currently I have the XCR in 762 by 39 and in 65 Grendel. If you want 556, I would say buy one of those other guns just because I have no idea when the next 556 version is coming in. And you can always order a barrel for, from uh, Robinson Armament to get the uh, conversion barrel in 5.56. They make the small pattern magazine in 7.62 by 39, 6.5 Grendel, 5.56, 300 Blackout, and I thought one other one, um, but I can't remember what it is. And the... They make the M pattern magazine in four calibers, the 260 Rem, 308, 65 Creedmoor, and uh, 243 Winchester. So they're great, versatile guns. I really like them a lot. And uh, you can change them around, change the caliber out. And uh, it, it makes for you know an excellent, versatile gun that's an alternative to an AR-15, which you can't get in this state because tyranny. There you have that. Um, So one thing I wanted to talk about is this interesting poll that came out in, um, it was a, I think it was a Fox News poll in our nation's capital of all places. Yeah, it was a Fox 5, which was a local news channel, which this should have been a slam dunk if you think about the politics of Washington, D.C. But this Fox uh, five news poll, uh, they pulled their audience on the new merchant con- uh, category code that has come out by the big three credit card companies. And they said, hey, all right, what do you think? You guys like this? You don't like this? Uh, and this is an anti-gun Washington, D.C., where some of the most anti-gun politicians uh, annually get or not annually because there's not elections every year, but 
uh, every election cycle get voted in time after time after time. They have some of the most anti-gun legislators and politicians in the country, and that's why they have such strict gun control. Um, but they sent letters. Uh, I'm sorry. They sent put this poll out, and come to find out, 75 percent of all the respondents to the poll are against this new uh, MCC designation by these credit card companies. They say it has nothing to do with safety, and it only has to do with being able to track gun owners. So there you have it. Uh, In the most unfriendly place in America, one of the most unfriendly places in America as far as guns are concerned, Uh, 75% of the people think this new move by credit card companies is ridiculous and shouldn't happen. Is your workplace prepared for a violent incident? We have a special seminar to recognize workplace threats on November 4th at 1 p.m. Bring your team to this two-hour seminar, and you'll get valuable insights into preventing and mitigating workplace violence. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar to sign up. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, Guns, Freedom, Second Amendment, and Self-Defense. Remember, you can call the show or text 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And getting back to some of the news of the day, uh, John Crump has a great article on Amoland.com talking about how his there's a Freedom of Information Act that uncovered ATF and legacy media working together to suppress the truth about guns. Go figure. I know that comes as quite a shock that a three-letter agency, a federal agency, would actually be working with legacy media to skew um, and to besmirch the (laughs) gun owners in America. So um, you have to check that article out. Uh, and it has to do with their fact-checking mechanisms in USA Today. Um, I'll read you one little quote here um, from Aiden Johnson from uh, Gun Owners of America. And it says, ATF openly admitted to USA Today that scanning out-of-business records began in 2005. And now ATF uh, processes an average of 5.5 million records containing private gun and owner information into its database per month. Um 
we're disappointed that this journalist simply reported ATF's denial of an illegal gun registry as truth without any critical thinking whatsoever. So this USA Today journalist was basically saying, yeah, there's no illegal gun registry going on. And the ATF actually admitted to it. And it's actually way more vast than just the 5.5 million records. It actually gets to the number of a billion. The ATF has admitted that it has a billion documents in its possession, mostly digitized, scanned in and uh, right there. And they say, well, you can't really uh, search it. All, all that we know about these documents is the FFL that gave up its license. But there's actually, um, if you have any type of PDF um viewer or Microsoft viewer of some sort, there's this optical character recognition. You control F and you type in whatever it is you're looking for and it'll scan through all these documents. So to say that it just has the name of the business that used to own the licenses, uh, used to have the license is, is also disingenuous. So read into that. I mean, this basically what has happened is the ATF has created a unlawful gun registry that reaches a, over a billion records. And that is unbelievable to me. Uh, and they're lying about it. And uh, they're working with this legacy media. So um, to say, oh, no, don't worry about that. There's nothing going on here. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along. And uh, so Gun Owners of America, with their Freedom of Information Act, uh, was able to see that, no, they're actually working hand in hand. Uh, I know you're probably very surprised, uh, but... There you have it. Another story that just came out on um, Bearing Arms by Cam Edwards uh, came out today, as a matter of fact, talks about uh, the theory of more guns equals more crime. And this has been really touted. We talked about it in the first hour with Dan Woes, how media has hammered the drum over and over and over for decades about how the presence of guns create crime. And every liberal... Uh, anti-gun politician out there or non-liberal anti-gun politician out there. Uh, this has been the mantra and the talking points. You can see it in every press release, in every anti-gun organization's uh, you know, statement, mission statement that to reduce guns will therefore make our communities safer. Nothing can be further from the truth. This new study that just came out does not support this type of theory that uh, crime rates will go down if gun rates go down. In fact, just the opposite is true. This has been, I think, John Lott's third or fourth edition on his book, More Guns Equals Less Crime. And I know uh, Bill Whittle talked about it in that video on YouTube he did a few years ago, and we talked about it with him when he was on the show a couple weeks ago uh, about how America is indeed number one with a bullet. We have more guns than any other country on earth. And uh, so the correlating murder rate and violent crime rate should be number one in the world, but it's not. So you can look into those two videos and those two studies as well. But um, the I'm going to read a quick excerpt here uh, that for this particular study, Hamill and his associates used both national and state-level data on crime rates between 99 and 2015, as well as NICS reporting data over the uh, same time period. NICS stands for National Instant Check System. That's whenever a gun is sold um, through an FFL 
um, that or transferred through an FFL, a Knicks uh, report is done. And uh, it's used as a reasonable proxy for gun sales, even though it's not a real accurate number, it's close. Uh, Hamill hypothesized beforehand that there would be no correlation between gun sales and crime rates. And as it turns out, that's exactly what researchers found. Uh, nationally, all crime rates except for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention designated firearms homicide decreased as firearm sales increased over the study period. Using a naive national model, increases in firearm sales were associated with significant decreases in multiple crime categories. However, a more robust analysis using generalized estimating equation Estimates on a state-level data demonstrates increase in firearm sales were not associated with any changes in any crime variables examined. So you got to get into the minutia of the details to see uh, the, the gold in them there, hills, if you will. Robust analysis does not identify an association between increased lawful firearm sales and rates of crime or homicide. Based on this, it is unclear if efforts to limit lawful firearm sales would have any effect on rates of crime, homicide, or injuries from violence committed with firearms. And I, I say therein lies the dilemma. Legacy media, anti-gun politicians, and anti-gun non-government agencies or non-government organizations all work hand-in-hand hand and they have a unified mission, and that is that guns cause crime and reduced gun ownership makes your community safer. But nothing could be further from the truth. Even though they know the truth, they are not going to all of a sudden turn the page one day and say, hey, just kidding. Yeah, we know that those statistics lie, but we just don't like guns, so we want to ban them. That would be the truer statement or mission of those organizations, politicians, and uh you know, uh, legislators, but they never come out with the truth or lead with the truth like that. And so the bottom line is that because gun ownership is on a upswing from law abiding and uh, reasonable, responsible gun owners, crime rate will go down in those areas where it's more saturated. The converse is true. If you, uh, if you look at the other side of the coin in the top 10, uh, restrictive states or cities in the country, you'll see that negative outcomes with firearms are at their apex. Detroit, Chicago, we don't need to talk about Chicago. I mean, it's in the news every week. And there's actually counters of people who are keeping track of the people who are out on probation or out on bail and that commit violent criminal acts while pending trial for another violent criminal act in Chicago. There's entire websites dedicated to this data. Uh, and the, the bottom line is they, they have some of the highest rates of violence, oftentimes with illegal possession of firearms as uh, the main thing, but they get out on these revolving door, no bail, low bail uh, carousels of, um, you know, soft on crime DAs, uh, soft on crime judges, soft on crime mayors. Uh, Pennsylvania is another area where this is happening and this been brought into focus with the Senate race, uh, the Dr. Oz and Fetterman Senate race that's happening there in Pennsylvania. And this guy Fetterman wants to let one third of all criminals out of jail 
right away. He said, if we could go ahead and open the prisons to one third of all criminals and let them out on the street and we'll be no worse off than we are today. That's crazy. And they also have um, a lot of people who believe that uh, there should be no, nobody held pending trial, uh, held on bail pending trial for anything except first degree murder. And you'll see rape, kidnapping, aggravated assault, assault and battery, second degree murder. Nah, just give them personal recognizance and let them show up in court on their day of the court. And uh, it's crazy letting people who are committed to commit violent acts out on the street. You're going to continue on the treadmill of high crime and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. And you're also restricting the good people of America's ability to go ahead and uh, keep their communities safe and their families safe by arming themselves. You're making it very restrictive, uh, a very restrictive process. So um, it's it's unbelievable that that's what we have to fight for. But anyway, uh, real quick, we're going to uh, jump into the chat before we have to go and uh uh, KP was going to drop a suggestion in the box before he left the range, but he's wondering if it's possible to su- subscribe to our event calendar through Apple or Microsoft Outlook. That's a great question for Professor Claw. I wonder if they could uh, subscribe to our uh, event or class calendar. Uh, he's given me the I don't know look, but we could look into that and get back to you on that, KP. But that's a great idea. We could have people hit the button to subscribe. I would suggest you subscribe to our email list because we often put our uh, most, you know, our upcoming classes, new guns for sale, some cool old used guns that came in, keep you up to date on our email subscription. Uh, But, yeah, that's a great idea to try to uh, link to our class calendar. Um, What is the most underrated handgun caliber? For you, it's the 40 Smith & Wesson. Um, the most underrated handgun caliber. I'd say 22 Magnum. Um, I think 22 Magnum is a great choice for defense in a revolver. Even though it's a small barrel and it, you lose a lot of muzzle velocity out of the 22 Mag, I think it would have... Um, it's a great choice for someone who can't handle the recoil of a 38 special or a 357 or some stout recoil. You get two extra rounds. The other, my close second as a follow-up to that would be the 327 Federal, which shoots four different calibers out of the same revolver. Uh, you get 327 Federal, you get 32 H&R Magnum, uh, you get 32 Smith & Wesson Long, I believe it is, and 32... Uh, like wad cutters or whatever. So uh, maybe it's only three calibers. I'm forgetting, but uh, I think it's a great caliber and a little tough to find ammo for right now, but once the ammo pendulum swings back the other way, I think it would be be crazy. But Duncan says uh, he thinks that rape is worse than murder. Imagine the burden you left with a post-rape. I would agree in some cases it is. Uh, the the people that have to sur- the survivors of that have to deal with that for the rest of their life. I don't know if it's worse than, but I'd say it's on even par with. And I don't think any rapist should be out walking the streets either. Um, so uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, 
about those people who got rifles with their surplus military storage crates. Yeah, that's a story for another day, but uh, the people who ordered these military lock boxes ended up with more than they bargained for. They got some military machine guns in the in the kit. And a lot of people are, you know, the memes are coming out like, why couldn't this happen to me? Uh, you know, the people did the right thing. You would never want to get caught with those. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, it would be exciting <laughs> for sure. Uh, you might have to take them to the range just to, to test fire them out, I, I think. I don't know. But anyway, they did the right thing. They called the feds and got them taken care of. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, this show ends here, but you can always tune in to rapidfireradio.us or call the text or rapid fire line at 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight. Support your local community. Be a gun advocate. Put on the face of responsible gun ownership. Take someone new to the range. Introduce them to shooting. And together as Americans, we can overcome anything. You want to stay tuned for extra content after the show. Uh, If you go to capegunworks.com, you'll get that extra bonus content. And uh, we will see everyone next week. I look forward to it, and I thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Toby Leary, and we'll see you next time.